Fear not. Man, but that says a lot. In this day and age, I never thought that we'd be living in so much fear. Did you? But we do have a lot of fear going around, don't we? But I can't tell you how many times God tells us, be courageous. Step out. Know that I'm God. And God does. He wants us to step out. He wants us to be his leader. Moses was a good example. Moses at the burning bush. Couldn't believe God asked him to go back and face the Pharaoh. Because he left that place under bad terms. But God says, I am am sending you back. Tell them that. And God hardened that Pharaoh's heart. And we've seen God work many miracles there. But I love it. God says, I am. We need to realize he is. And he is the one that calls us to a relationship with him. He is the one that does it. Uh, I'm going to give you a little click, or a quick Hebrew lesson. Shema. S-H-E-M-A. Shema. It means here. And uh, it's found in Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to be turning there. Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to turn there first. Uh, this is the Shema. If you were a good Jew back then, you knew this uh, phrase of scripture. This is uh, known as here is what uh, goes by. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk about them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on the frontal of your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Guys, Moses was saying from God, Moses walked with God. I can't believe, I wish I was able to see it. A fire by night, a cloud by day. He was able to commune with God one-on-one. And these are Moses' encouragement to the children of Israel before they go in and claim the promised land. Okay? Now you remember the first time they went to the promised land, they sent 12 spies in, and they had ant fever, is what I want to say. They saw everything as gigantic, and they were small little ants. But guys, what qualified David to be a king? What qualified David to be a king? You remember? His heart. He wasn't even invited to the party. He was out watching the sheep. He was too young. But his heart, his heart was all there. His heart loved the Lord with all. When he got to go spy out his brothers and just report back to dad, one of the big things that he did is he went to the battlefield and here's this gigantic nine-foot guy making fun of the Lord God and his people. How did that make David feel? David said, I'll take that dude on. I'll beat that guy. No doubt. No fear. Because who was with him? God was. He was being courageous. There wasn't another person willing to step up and take on the challenge. But David had that heart. David had the heart and courageousness to live for God, no matter what the circumstance, because he knew God, okay? God tells us to do the same thing today. You face the giants. You're facing fears out there. 
But God's got you for a purpose. He's got you for a purpose to be a light that shines on a hill for him, okay? To point this broken country, this broken world towards him, okay? Everybody's going to say you're crazy. Everybody thought David was crazy about defeating a giant. But you aren't. Your God can handle it. Your God is one God, and that one God needs a love like no other. He needs all of us. Okay? You're getting my drift here. This is the Shema. Everybody say it. Shema. Shema. All right? Which means hear. Okay? Open your ears to hear today. Know this in your heart. And God can use you in mighty ways. Okay? God is preparing us for a mighty work. I'm going to turn now to Mark. Mark 12. I'm going to start at verse 28, but let me give you a little background here. The background is Jesus is amongst the scribes and Pharisees and lawyers. They're all giving him hard questions, trying to trip him up. But Jesus can't be tripped up. The first question goes, who do we pay taxes to? Jesus said, pull out a coin, whose picture's on it? Give to Caesar, what's Caesar's? Then the next big smart lawyer goes... Well, there's a guy. He died. His brother had to marry his wife. There's seven of them. Whose wife is he in heaven? Whose wife is she in heaven, I mean? And he goes, hey, there's not going to be wives in heaven. All right? So that's solved. Then they hear all this bickering, and we get to verse number 28. And he says, one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognized that he had an answer He had answered them well, asking him, What commandment is foremost of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second one is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is, there is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said, right, teacher, you have truly stated he is the one. And there is no one else besides him. And to love him with all your heart, and with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one would venture to ask Jesus another question. Wow, did you get that? It's far more worth knowing Jesus, loving him, than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. God calls us to love him unconditionally. You know why? Because God loved us unconditionally. There wasn't a condition to what God told us. My sermon, Dwayne makes a big deal out of his sermon titles. Let me give you one. What matters most matters most of all. What matters most matters most of all. It's a short sermon. You should be able to hear it. But I want you to get to your heart. I want you to hear it with your heart today. A lot of times it's like the Shema. 
All the Jews knew it. They spouted it off two to three times a day. But here's the deal. You can tell somebody that you love them, but until you show you love them, it doesn't connect. Amen? I'm going to bug on my wife here. She was gone this week. Austin, Texas, she's gone. She's having a great time out in the heat and all that fun stuff. And she was telling me how great a time she was. And it was great. But the big deal was we had an anniversary on the 9th. That was Thursday. Do you know what? She wasn't here, but I still bought her a card. I didn't get it in her luggage, but I bought her a card. I went to Walmart because I know my wife loves me to get her a card. She's told me that in 33 years of marriage. She said, hey, I don't care if you get me roses, whatever. Card's what speaks volumes to me. It's what does it. So I said, well, she ain't here. I wish her, I wished her on Facebook and text message, the whole works. But I did go the extra mile. I went to Walmart. I looked through all the sections of cards, found the right one, wrote my little love thing in there. It was awesome. She didn't see it the first day, and I was tempted to tell her. She didn't see it till the next morning, or later on that day, she saw it and she opened it and she gave me a big hug. She goes, you love me, because I went the extra mile, folks. I went the extra mile, put in the extra effort, because my actions, I wanted to show her that I loved her. God wants us to do the same thing. God doesn't just want to hear you say it one time. It's a living sacrifice. It's a living deal to love somebody. You tell them every day you get to spend with them that you love them, okay? God wants that from him, okay? Every day you see this cross up here, you should know God loves you that much. Amen? He spared nothing. Let's see here. There were 613 laws these scribes and Pharisees knew. The first five books of this word tells us all the laws. God's ten are even in here. But you know what all those things do? They show us that we're a sinner in need of a savior. We can't keep laws, guys. We can't keep the rules. And we are dumb to think we can try. The only reason we try to do that is to show God we love him. Amen? Those laws aren't going to save us. What God did on the cross is what saved us. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He created them for fellowship. Wow. You realize the God of the universe, the creator of all, created you and me for fellowship. Man, that's what we're all about. You you will learn what your process is, what your purpose is, by knowing that you are here to glorify and worship the one creator. Amen? That's the reason he made you. All the other stuff is just stuff. But he made you for a relationship with him. He is one, and guys, he is the best. All right? There's no other. I don't know if you know it, but in these promised lands, these people had strange gods. They had a god for crops. They had a god for the sun. They had a god for the water. They had all this. But our one God controls it all. 
These other gods, as you found out with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, are nothing. Even though they had 450 people going along with nothing, it was still nothing. Because there's only one God that matters. Right? And we need to teach that to our kids. We need to know that our kids know that we love God. We love God with all our hearts. That's my big A club. Man, a long time ago, I was struggling. I was a youth, kind of like down here on the front row. I didn't know what my purpose in life was. I felt God calling me. I didn't know what he was calling me to. I'm going, God, I can't sing. I can't lead music. I ain't got the tempo. I can't preach. But I do love kids. I can have a good time with kids. That's awesome. But they put me in charge of leading a bunch of kids. And I loved it. I had a great time teaching God's word. I had a great time teaching all these stories and having fellowship and spurring these kids on. Lo and behold, God called me to be a youth pastor. Lo and behold, God's got me behind the pulpit this morning. Guys, all I can say is I love God unconditionally. This fear that goes through me is just the worldly stuff. My God can handle that. I know God can use me. I know God can do something through me. But you have to believe and you have to want to. You have to love him with everything you are. Does that make sense? All right. But it's your spiritual act of worship. All right. A lot of times God calls you to step out and it's an act of worship. It's like singing. It's like, hey, kids, this week you all were used in vacation Bible school. You stepped it up. You were a leader. You were somebody. All right. But you inspire these young ones out here because you stepped up. That's an act of worship. That's telling them that you love God more than anything else. Okay? That's awesome. Uh, the reason we worship God is because we breathe. He is awesome. And we just need to worship him. And he is love. I was blown away by this when I was younger. And I went across it in my notes to uh, this week. And I want to read this. Man, I, I really want you to see what God is. Underline this in your Bible. 1 John 4, 7 and following. I'm going to read the whole passage just because this is God. This is his love for us. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen? Here we go. By this love of God was manifested in us that God was sent his only begotten son into this world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God is able in us, and his love is perfect in us. By this we know that we are abiding in him, and he abides in us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of this world. 
Whoever confesses Jesus as Son of God, God abides in him, and he is in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love is perfection with us, or perfected in us, or with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also we in the world, we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is, not, he is a liar. And the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love a God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Guys, that's First John 4. I know it gets a little lengthy, but what that tells me is God loves you so much. God loves us. There's a lot of people in this world that miss out on what this world's all about because they're all tied to this world. Okay? By being tied to this world, they think this world's the only thing that matters. Wrong. God's telling me that he's got a plan to get rid of sin, to get rid of all this pain and suffering, and he created heaven for us. The way we get there wasn't by keeping rules, okay, 613 rules. The way we get there is through Jesus' propitiation of sin. That propitiation of sin is he paid the price. He died the death of all my sin. I got his reward. Okay? I was covered with his blood. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are covered by that same blood. Okay? That blood doesn't work in us. That blood has the Holy Spirit. This is where it gets good. The Holy Spirit does the work inside of us to live the Christian life. Amen. The good works that we do are manifested by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does it in us. It takes a little bit to step out on faith, knowing that the Holy Spirit's going to do the work, but we need to do the work, okay? We need to step out. We need to see God at work, okay? Because that Holy Spirit will do it in us. Can I get an amen? amen. He does it. It's not us. Remember, Romans says we are a living sacrifice. Every day I need to put myself on the altar and say, it's not about me, Brent. It's all about him. Amen? It's him who does the work. He does it. And this world misses out so many times. And us Christians do a bad job of saying, hey, once you accept Christ, it's all over. No, it's not. We need to love him every day. Because we were shown a love that's beyond measure. That love continues my whole life. And he asked me to show him I love him. And that's good news. I got these kids up front. 
You might say, Brent, why do you got these kids up front? Ah, they've been sitting up here and it's been awesome. But they're going to help me out today. We've been working on the gospel. The gospel's good news. And we need to share that good news with everybody we come in contact with. And I got this cool thing. We spell G-O-S-P-E-L. And they do it all the time because I call them out every time. I don't do it because I'm mean. I just call them out because I want them to know it. Okay? We used to have CWT. We used to go out and share faith. We used to go out and do all this stuff. We need to do that all the time. That's the reason God saved us. That's the reason he's living inside of us so we can be a light to shine this out in our community. Okay? All right. Give me a G. What's G? God made us for a relationship with him. Oh, say that again. God made us for a relationship with him. Did you hear that? God made us for a relationship with him. What is O? Our sins separate us from a relationship with him. Our sins separate us from a relationship with him. Nobody had to teach these kids how to sin. Nobody has to teach a little kid how to sin. We come about it naturally. That's our nature. God knew that and created a way for us to get there. What is S? Sins can't be overcome by being good. Sins can't be overcome by being good. A lot of times we think, hey, I did a good job. I teach Sunday school. I did this. I go to church all the time. Is that going to get us into heaven? If keeping 613 rules won't get us into heaven, going to church ain't going to get us into heaven, okay? It just won't. It's not sufficient. It's in us, okay? It's me working. God did the work. Here it is. P. Paying the price, Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Oh, did you hear that? Paying the price, Jesus died on the cross. He just didn't stay dead, folks. He did something nobody else has. He rose again because he was sinless. But he took all yours and my sin and paid the price for it. God just doesn't wink at sin. He paid the price. Amen? That's the reason it was his one and only son. Should tell us how much he loves us. He spared no cost. Emma, give me E. Everybody that who believes and trusts in him will have eternal life. Oh, wow. Emma didn't know I was going to go to the second row. Everyone who believes and trusts in him will have eternal life. You know, the devil believes, but he's not going to go there. You got to believe and trust. That trust is walking out on faith. That trust is living it out every day. Okay? Hadley already did something, so I'm going to give it to L. Life eternal starts now and lasts forever. Wow, did you hear that? Life eternal starts now and lasts forever. It doesn't start when I get to heaven. It starts right now. God created me for a purpose, to live for him. And it starts right now. I can affect eternity so much by telling others about Jesus. They can have that same eternity that I'm going to get to have. Because he did all the work on the cross. He showed me how much he loved me. Here's the kicker. The kicker is, I need to show him how much I love him. Oh, I had one more here. Where is uh, Don Tavius? Don Tavius accepted Jesus a while back. We've been working on this verse. Every time he gets in my car, I take him to church. I go, hey, Don Tavius, what's the verse? 
All right, Don Tavia, so what's the verse? This is Galatians 2.20, folks. This sums up my whole message right here. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. Amen. Every time you see Don Tavis asking about that verse, but he's getting it down. But that verse is a loaded truth, okay? Because the life I now live, I live in the strength of Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives me the opportunity to do the things I need to do. Amen? All right. As you've seen in this scripture, the Shema, it said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. I'm going, what's the heart? What's my heart, Brent? It's the core of who you are. I need to love him with the core of who I am, of just who, who makes up Brent. I need to develop dependence on him. Ezekiel says this, I will give them a new heart. I will take out the heart of stone, and I will give them a new heart, a heart of flesh. What that means is, I was dead before I accepted Christ. And he comes in and gives me a new life. He gives me that new ability. He gives me that desire I have to want to please him. Okay? That's everything I am. That's that heart. He says, love him with all your heart. Hey, if you love him with all your heart, you're not done yet. Listen to this. He says, love him with all your mind. I'm going, why in the world? But your mind is how you study God's word. You know what? When I was younger, like these folks in the front row, I didn't know all about God. I had to study God's word. I had to find out on my own through stumbling and going through hard times what God was all about. And God, through it all, has given me wisdom. It says in Proverbs that he will give us wisdom. He's the source of all wisdom. Solomon was the wisest guy because God gave him the wisdom. Okay? Wisdom is knowing God. Wisdom is knowing who he is. Okay? And I need to make sure I study God's word. I need to make sure I'm in tune with God's word. And guys, I'm going to be a little personal with you. You version. Great thing to have on your phone app. I can't see many kids not going around with this thing. This thing's with them all the time. It gets on my nerves, but it's there with them all the time. The best thing you could do is download Uversion app. Get a Bible plan. Know that that Bible plan is going to end in a little while. This will keep track. But tell a friend. Tell somebody to hold them accountable. You might say, well, let me give you this example that I was going with. Our family has challenged each other the 1st of January. We're all going to be in this app doing the Bible recap. And we're working our way through the Bible. But the cool thing is when we get together, I go, hey, Trenton, where are you at in this plan? Hey, Mackenzie, where are you at in this plan? You still with it? Wasn't that cool? We can talk about the things that we read. But I'm helping hold them accountable as dad to make sure they're staying in God's word all the time. It only takes like 10, 15 minutes. But it's so important to make sure our mind is all in. To make sure it's all in with loving God. Okay? Because God's word, once it's implanted in us, will do a work like no other. Okay? You get it? 
it'll do it. But you need to be all in with your mind. The other thing is, he wants you to love him with all your strength or all your might. That's what it says. You might say, what's that? He's blessed you with the talents and abilities. It was evident this week, guys. Some of you kids have great talents. They were up here dancing. They were up here doing, having fun in God's name. And Isabel, man, she's got a great deal of doing drama. She was using that for God. She was up here being DJ Cupcake, and I loved it. And Mello was up here doing the Top Chef, and they said, God is great, God is good. All those kids heard it this week. But coming from you guys' mouth, being up here on stage, they believe it more than coming from me. We all have the people we can touch, but we need to make sure we love him with everything that we are, all our mind, all our strength, all our heart. You might say, Brent, well, that's the end of your sermon. No. He said, love him with all your soul. Wow, how do you do that? Your soul is what continues on after you're gone. It goes to be with the Lord in heaven. The soul is all that Bible scripture you put in. The soul is what makes you you. Okay? That needs to love him. And I put it this way. God knows my innermost thoughts. God knows my prayers. And it says, I shouldn't pray prayers so you will all be impressed. I need to seek God in my private spot where God knows all my fears and where God hears all my confessions that I'm not well enough to do his work and where he can lift me up. He can do the things that he needs to do in my life. But each one of us needs to spend time with God. Does that make sense? That's our soul. That's how we love them with our soul. Okay? We need to do that. Did you catch what I said with the heart, with the mind, with the strength, and with the soul? It said all. Guys, I could preach a whole sermon on the word all. God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. There's no part that he doesn't want to come in and fix and B, you are his masterpiece. He's not ashamed of you. Confess your sins and let him wipe them out. He's died for them already. All we got to do is confess it, let him wipe it out and start us clean and afresh. But it comes from us loving him and allowing him in every area, all we are. Okay? A lot of times we want to hide I've had a mom and a dad, and man, I've been a kid before. I know when company comes over, the preacher's coming over. We got to clean the house. We got to do this. We got to do this. I'm going, Lordy, be we live like this all the time. Why do we have to clean this thing up? <laughs> but we always want to make a good impression, is what I've been told. So we always clean up the house, okay? Everybody knows you don't live in a clean house, you always live in a dirty house, but we clean it up anyway. Let me tell you, it happens every day. Same thing with our life. Every day needs to be spent with God cleaning up our inside. Because we sin every day, guys. Just because I confess my sins one day doesn't mean that God doesn't need to fix me. Doesn't need to help me get through this time, okay? It does, okay? He does. But he's forgiven your past, your present, and your future. Use that. 
There's nothing too dirty that he can't heal. All right? He can do it. I can't, but he can. And that's the one who counts. Here's the simple part of this thing is, just take everything you have and give it to God. Give it back. Back to God. Out of a heart that recognizes the love of God that he demonstrated to us. He held nothing back, guys. He gave it all on the cross. The other part is Leviticus 19.18. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. This is where the gospel gets good. You're loving God with all. Now you're going to be a doer. Okay? The way you affect other people is doing what God's told us to do. We need to go out and love one another. I have no idea why craziness is so rampant in our community, in our nation, in all these places. But all I can say is it comes from inside. God wants everything in us to worship him. But there is another guy out there working as hard as he can to reap destruction, to make false teaching, to deter you, to... Uh, man, thoughts of suicide, all that type of stuff, okay? That's the battle that goes on inside. I'm glad God knows that we are more than just one part. He's got all the parts covered, okay? He needs to come into our whole life and change our thought process, all right? That's all I'll say on that right now. But a doer, God saved me. And told me to love one another. That means church member. That means my neighbor next door. That means anybody I come in contact with down at the store. Let me tell you. I've been to New Orleans. I love it. I love confronting people with the gospel. It's just God's given me a new love for that. And I just love to do it. But in New Orleans this year, instead of NGL, No Greater Love... They put Jesus on our hats. I thought that was a mistake from get-go. They're going to know what we're coming for and everything. But it says his name will be recognized above all names. And guys, I came back to Harrisburg and I said, I have got to make us a Jesus hat. And I made a couple of Jesus hats. If you're interested in Jesus hat, you see me. But it's got Jesus on the front in real big letters. It's got a cross on the back, and it's got DVC on the side. There's no way you miss it when I walk into Walmart. I could feel everybody staring a hole in my head going, what's this crazy son of a gun wearing a Jesus hat doing at Walmart? But you know, it has me worried about what these people see in me. Because I need to be Jesus when I'm out there amongst them. I need to be thinking about Jesus every time I walk into a store. My wife gets mad at me. Sometimes I drive, and my driving isn't always the best. Sometimes I get a little road rage, but I need to make sure I'm wearing my Jesus hat, okay? Usually I'm thinking, well, they need to see Jesus on back. That's the reason I'm cutting in the front, okay? But that's not that way, okay? But Jesus is the most important, okay? But by having that hat on, people do realize, hey, that guy should know Jesus. They ask me about it. Why do you wear a Jesus hat? I tell them, I love Jesus with all my heart. I want you to love him with all your heart too. I want you to think about Jesus today. Is there any way I can pray for you? 
and they usually dump it on me, okay? But we have prayer and that type of thing. It might be in Walmart. It might be out in the parking lot. But it's a great way of taking Jesus everywhere you go. Be that. Do that, okay? The other thing I'm seeing is uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Let me read this to you. You guys listen. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty conceit. Be humble of mind, regarding one another as more important than yourself. Did you hear that? Regarding one another as more important than yourself. Man, that sounds awesome. Do nothing merely looking out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. God wants us to put others first. Not because they're better than us, but because he called you to love. The youth we discovered in our studying of the Last Supper, Jesus washed their feet. Even Judas' feet he washed. Guys, if our follower or if our father can do that for these people, we can live for Jesus down here on earth, right? We can do it. But this is how you show Jesus to others. You don't hit him in the head with Jesus or a Bible. You love him. Love can conquer a multitude of sins if we just love on people. All right? It eases it in. This world needs a big Jesus. He's called me and you to be the Jesus that this world experiences. Be that out there and see what God does. Be cautious that you are representing Jesus. Be willing to give a testimony if they call you out. I got this one thought. I'm going to close with it. Love's an action. It does me no good to say I love you if I don't show it. It does no good to tell God I love him if I don't show him. But I need to show him every day. You guys hear scripture all the time. This isn't your first church service. Hear God's voice today. Look inside of each one of you and see if you really love Jesus in all four areas. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And most importantly, look and see if you're loving one another. We should be setting this world on fire. Revival should break out if we can do these things. Because love is powerful. It's changed me. I know it will change this world. We just need to step out and experience God's love. But God's not too big a God where he doesn't give us a fresh start all the time. And guys, don't let the devil beat you up saying, hey, this is just a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. It's a real thing. God really did love you a lot and gave his all for you. Give your all to him and live every day for him. Be that living sacrifice. If you don't know him today, I pray that you'll come forward and ask Jesus to come into your heart. It's simple. But you got to mean it. you got to hear it. He doesn't play games. 
He wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. But he does ask you to do the love part. Love one another. That's how people are going to know that you are Christians. By the way we act, by what we do, and what we say. It will set an example. They don't have to come to this church building to get saved. They can get saved anywhere. Kroger's. I mean, I've witnessed the people at Barbecue Barn. It's awesome, man. But people really want to know what you know about Jesus. And then they have an opportunity to make a life-changing decision. That's it. Bow with me today. Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful that you gave us your word, that you don't mess around. You call us to walk a life that's worth living, that's fun, that's exciting, that I don't always know what's going to happen, but you do. You call me to love you unconditionally. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you for loving these folks out here unconditionally. Thank you for the gospel message of good news that you want to change us. You want to give us a life full with you. And dear my Father, I pray that there be somebody out here today that, that hear this message. May you penetrate their hearts. May you convict them where conviction's needed. May you draw all men to you and ladies and young people and children. Dear my Father, we all need you. We all want to live a good life, eternal life, a life that's going to count. Help us to do that. In your name we say, amen.